On behalf of the staff and the church, let me just say we're, we're honored you'd spend part of your, your Easter Sunday with us. We really are, so thank you for, for being here, and uh, we're, uh, we're very uh, honored by that. So, well, not one of my prouder moments. It was a beautiful Thursday morning in September, last year, last September. I was doing what I love to do. I was on the golf course. And um, I was, um, I play in this group where I'm fortunate to be a member at Baltus Rawl, and, and it's a Thursday morning group, and it's a group of seniors, about 40 or 50 guys, and, you know, play a game, have to throw a couple dollars in a bucket and, you know, play, play for something. And, and um, I enjoy playing with this group because I'm just barely a senior, just barely. Did you hear that? Just barely a senior. I'm make sure you, you get that point. And it's the only group of guys that I play with that a lot of them, I'm, I'm, I'm blowing by them 50 yards or so. It hasn't happened to me very much. So I love this group. Um, but we're, um, we're on number two, lower Baltusrol. And then my phone rings, on silence, of course. And, of course, all the members that are here now are saying, you didn't answer your phone, did you? You know we don't do that at Baltusrol. I didn't, but I waited until I got somewhere where nobody could see me, and, and I checked my message. Nobody saw me. That doesn't count, right? So I um, checked my message, and it was my brother. And his message was very simple. Mom just passed away. Do you have any idea the sense of guilt that I felt at that point in time? My 95-year-old mother just died, and I'm on the golf course. Now, there are a lot of reasons why I w didn't go back to Ohio, um, where they lived. Um, and I could make up, a, I could give you a whole, a whole list of, of, of justifiable reasons why I didn't go. Um, some, of them were, some of them are noble reasons, but at the end of the day, many of them, if I'm going to be, have any shred of integrity here, I will have to tell you that, that some of those were selfish reasons. What am I going to do? I'm in the second hole. I'm in a tournament. I just find out my mother died. What do I do? Do I finish? Stay tuned for that answer, okay? Um, what I really want you to understand, though, at that moment, just, just the sense of guilt that I feel. I, mean, I just felt so guilty. And, and, and let, me be, let me be clear, because I want a quick clarification on this. I, I understand that there's such, such, such a thing as false guilt, uh, such a thing as manipulative guilt. Um, I've heard that called Jewish guilt. I've heard that called Catholic guilt. I've heard that called Baptist guilt. I've heard that called mother-in-law guilt. Um, I've, I've heard all that. And, and, and that's, that's a bad thing, and, and you shouldn't do it, and you shouldn't let somebody do that to you. Um, but that's not what I'm talking about today. So I just want to kind of clear that off the table. I'm talking about... The real stuff. When you, when you know you did something or, or, or didn't do something that you should have done, in my case, and you, you just feel guilty. I mean, we, we, we all get like that, don't we? Where we just feel guilty. Feeling legitimate guilt has one redeeming value, and that is those feelings convict me that I've done something wrong. And, and, and while the Lord never wants us to live uh, in that guilt, um, he does want us to recognize that guilt is showing us a need, 
our need. And, and we have that need, we feel guilty, basically because we are guilty. That, that's just what it comes down to. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. I'm, I'm a broken, sin-infested, self-centered dirtbag, sorely in need of someone or something to, to rescue me from this rotting human condition called humanity. We feel guilty because we are guilty. You know, we deny it, and we can play all kinds of games with ourselves, and we can say, well, you know, we go to a therapist. And I'm a believer in therapy, but please know all therapy is not good therapy. Because um, sometimes you'll go there and say, well, you're feeling guilty. For, who told you that was wrong? And then you start trying to redefine what's right and what's wrong, and, and, and that doesn't help anything. Uh, and we can, you know, we, we can hide it, and we can, we can say, well, we, I had good intentions. My, my, I had, that was the hardest lesson I'd teach my son when he was young. He, you know, he broke a window. Ah, Dad, I didn't mean to. Oh, I, did oh, I didn't mean to. I'm like, I, I understand you didn't mean to, but you did. Now we've got to deal with this. I'll show you what I mean to do, right? Um, but that's, that's the whole thing. We, 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 we try to do all kinds of weird stuff with it, but we're guilty. We feel guilty because we are guilty. And because of that, we're separated from God. And, and this, this is what, you know, we're, we're broken, fallen, self-centered people. We're sinful and guilty. And there's this, because of that, there's this huge chasm between an almighty, holy God and us. And I tell you, we're stuck. I mean, we're just stuck. And, and we're stuck, and there aren't enough good deeds that we can ever do to bridge that gap. That's why Jesus came. Jesus bridged that chasm between God and God and us. And I'm going to tell you, and that's what we celebrate on Easter, Jesus and what he did for us, and his, his death and his burial and his resurrection. I want to take you to a passage, Romans, in the book of Romans, chapter 8, not necessarily a traditional Easter Sunday type of, 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 of scripture, but it's got the resurrection in it. So, hey, that's Easter, right? Um, it's in Romans chapter 8. I love these verses so much. Uh, just, we'll just take a few of them here. Verses 1 and 2 first. Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. What does that mean? There, that, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Let's go back a little bit. Let's go back to Good Friday. I hope you were here. If you weren't here Good Friday, Clay and the gang did, did, did a wonderful... Yeah, I don't like Good Friday. Good means, by the way, people always ask, how come it's called Good Friday? Uh, good comes from an ancient English word that really meant pious or holy. And then the, the, the language, you know, evolved. And so it was like a pious Friday or holy Friday is what originally was the original uh, day for Christians. Um, but I don't like Good Friday because it's just, and, and if you were here, I mean, they did a great job, and, and they, it, it, they did different readings through, through Jesus being tortured and crucified. And then, and then the room got darker and darker, and then we left in silence and almost complete darkness. I don't like church. I don't like church ending like that because I want to talk about the resurrection. I want to say, yeah, Sunday's coming, baby. Come on. Um, but, you know, we need... The truth is we need to do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's the right thing to do because it gives us a sense of just how solemn, how, how dark this really was that day when Jesus went to the cross 
and he went to the cross because of me. My sins alone were enough for Jesus to go to the cross for. Your sins alone were enough to send him to the cross. But he went to the cross. He was tortured, died on that cross. And then on the day that we celebrate today, Easter, he, he rose from the dead. He conquered death and he conquered sin. So when, when, that, when we are in Christ, that Romans says, those who are in Christ, no condemnation for those in Christ, that's the person that comes to this embraces that truth and says, you know, I do believe that Jesus died for me and he rose again on the third day and he did that for me. And I, wanna, I, wanna, I want him in my life. I want to put my faith, my trust in him. And that person then becomes what we call a person of faith. And, and that's, that's being in Christ. So when you go back to Romans chapter 8, verse 1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, those who are believers and followers of Christ. And then he says, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, gives life, as opposed to you, free you from the law of sin and death. The law of sin basically brings about death. That's what it does. So he says, we're, we're freed from that, and we have the Holy Spirit from God, third person of the Trinity, who lives in us, and we're in Christ. Love that. Now, I want to skip down a few verses to verse 31. Again, still Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Watch what he does here. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, here we go, was raised to life. Watch this, watch this carefully. Is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. This is just so, so good. Um, God who justifies. And, and, and <laughs> who is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. What does that mean? He's interceding for us. Let's take my situation for a moment. Here, I want, you, I want you to picture a courtroom. James will help you get the concept of what's happening here. And we got the, the bench or the, 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 the bar, they call it, where the, where the judge sits. Okay, that's, that's God the Father sitting there. To his left is the prosecution, the accuser. That's Satan, the devil. The Bible says that Satan is the accuser of Christians. He accuses us all the time. And the right, God's right hand is Jesus. He's, at the, he's at, the, at the defense table. And Jesus couldn't be there if he hadn't been raised from the dead. But he's there. He's on the right, he's right here. So he's over here. So, so here's the devil making accusations about different ones of us. In my case, we'll use me as an example. I mean, here's the devil, Satan, saying something like this. God, there's rich teeters. He's so selfish, he wasn't even there when his 95-year-old mother died. He's playing golf. Jesus would say, that's true. But he's not condemned. I died for him. God the Father, you raised me from the dead. And he's trusted me. So he's not condemned. 
And, and Satan's probably, the devil's going to say something like this. Yeah, but God, that rich Teeters, he's so selfish, he even finished his 18 holes after he found out his mother died in the second hole. What kind of jerk is that? Jesus is going to say, that's true. He did. But he's not condemned because I died for him. And God the Father, you raised me from the dead. And he's trusted me. So he's not condemned. And then I imagine Satan's going to try one more thing and say something like, yeah, but God, that rich Teeters, he's a, he's a selfish jerk. And Jesus will probably say, yeah, he is. I know him well. But he's not condemned. I died for him. He's trusted me. You raised me from the dead. He's not condemned. See, that, that's, that's how Jesus is, is doing this intercession for us in, in, in this, whole, this whole courtroom type of scene. It's just amazing. That's why when you read that, he's the right hand of God is also interceding. For, he's our high priest. He's, he's the one that goes, and he'll do that for any one of us. And he does that for any one of us. You know, and, and it just, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Because Jesus rose from the dead, I can be free from guilt. Because Jesus rose from the dead, I can, I can really, God sees me as not guilty. Because Jesus rose from the dead, I can see myself as not guilty. Because Jesus rose from the dead, I'm free from guilt. Now, there's another component that I, I, ha I have to mention here, okay? And there's this whole thing, what do you do? This is all true, but what happens now? What, what do we do with when we sin? Have you not sinned, Rich, since you did that thing last, last September? Eh, I have. Once or twice. Maybe a few more. There's this great verse where I live. I live, literally, my life. It's 1 John chapter 1. I'll read two verses, actually. 1 John 1, 8 and 9. If we claim to be without sin, he's talking about Christians here. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the tr we're liars. The truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, I'll come back to that. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us all our sins, forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Confess means to agree with God. So I come, to, I come before God and I say, Lord, oh, I did it again. Or in some cases, I, did, I didn't do it. I was selfish. I, did, I should have done this and I didn't do it. And we, and we, and we, and we name this every time. We just say, God, I, I need your He's there. He'll forgive us. And, and, and then he says he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Sometimes we do things we don't even realize we have done. And, and, and God's, you know, when we come before Christ... And again, this is something, how often do you do this, Rich? Once a day? Once a day doesn't get it for me, folks. I'll, I'll be honest. It's, it's more than once a day. It's a few times, several times a day. Well, you, you have a thought, or, or maybe you, you, you treat someone in an abrupt, unkind manner. And then you, you get back and you start thinking about it. And I, I get back, my office is back there, two floors down. You get back in, in, into your office and you start thinking about it, and you're like, I, I can't believe I did that. Lord, please forgive me. If I need to go make it right with someone, I will, but I need you to forgive me. I didn't treat that person like a person created in the image of God. Or I spoke harshly, or I was unkind, or I lost my temper. Or I just, you know, they just really ticked me off when I was driving, so I just, you know, 
whatever. We, we come before Christ on a regular, <laughs> more than hourly basis sometimes to say, Lord God, I need your forgiveness. That's the confession thing. Now, people always ask, well, shouldn't we, shouldn't we uh, confess to somebody else? Somebody asked one time, I was downstairs, Winbury's, our fellowship hall, and, um, and I was down, that's where I do my best work, by the way, and uh, somebody came to me and said, uh, you're the pastor, one of the pastors upstairs. I, yeah. I said, and you, you're going to know where they're coming from when they say this. They said, I haven't, I haven't given a confession in a while. Would you hear my confession? I'm thinking, oh, I'd like to hear what she's done. Yeah, sure. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I said, you know what, sweetie? I said, here's the thing. I said, I'll be happy to help you any way I can, but you really need just to take that to Jesus and you just tell him what you've done. He's the only one that can forgive you. If I can support you, if I can help you through something, I'm, I'm, I'll do anything I can, but I can't forgive you of your sins. Only Jesus can do that. And uh, it, it, just, it was just a great moment for that. So, so when we talk about that, is, is there something wrong with confession? No, there's nothing. I'm not saying that uh, those folks who, who practice that, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying it might help you to talk to somebody, but most importantly, talk to Jesus and confess your sins to him. And he will forgive you. You know, I believe this with all my heart. I've taught this many times in my life as a pastor. But sometimes you still feel guilt. Sometimes, even from last September, that, that'll hit me again. Are you jerk? Some, somebody was here in the last service, early service, whichever service that was, the last service. And a guy, a guy didn't really come hardly on, and, and he was, um, he happened, just coincidentally, happened to, if it's a coincidence, happened to be in the group that day that I was playing in. And so he heard what, what, I, what I said, and he came to me afterwards downstairs on the sidewalk, and he said, well, if you hadn't been so guilt-ridden that day, we might have won some money. <laughs> I said, thanks. <laughs> yeah, if you're wondering, yeah, my game was... <laughs> yeah, might as well have stopped. But those, those, those pangs of guilt that sometimes you've done, whatever it might be, sometimes they hit you. What do you do with it? You go back to this. And you remember that because Jesus rose from the dead and because I've trusted him, I can be free from guilt. That's what you do with that. And you, and, you, and you keep going back, and you remember, and then you re-remember, and, and, you, and you do. I mean, that's, that's, it's such an important issue, and that's why, that's why we celebrate Easter. That's why this is such a big deal day, because Jesus rose from the dead. He conquered death. He conquered sin and guilt and shame and fear and all that stuff that goes along with that. That's why, that's why it's such a great day. Did it happen on April or whatever? I said, I don't care. I just, I just, I'm grateful we celebrate it, you know, and, and that Jesus died, rose again, and he did that for me. He did that for you. Now, I don't know where you are in this whole thing, because you may be here, and you may be saying, you know, it's nice, Rich, but I'm not sure I'm, I'm not sure I'm there yet. You know what? We're glad you're here, but wouldn't it be something, this could be the day when you say, you know what, I, I, I think I'm ready to embrace this. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to step over that proverbial line and say, I believe Jesus did come and die for me. I believe that he did this for me and loves me. And I want to go to him with forgiveness. Jesus is going to be my bridge over this troubled water of, of sin and guilt and shame and fear. 
Jesus is going to be my bridge. He is. He's the only bridge over sin and all the stuff that goes along with it. I'm get the band to come back out. And um, I'm going to do a song that you're going to recognize, I think, and, 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 and it's just terrific. And, and as, as they do, I want, you, I want you just to think, as they're singing, I want you just to think about these words. They're not the words of Christ, but they could be, in essence. These, this, this is a song that they're going to sing to you, and I want you just to just put it in your mind, this is what, this is what Jesus is saying. Because he doesn't say these exact words, but he says stuff very much like this. I want you just to think about that as you're listening. Let me pray for us, and then they're going to sing. God, thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are there for us at any time. You are our bridge over the troubled water of sin and guilt and shame. And we thank you in Jesus' name.